0: Break break up that sound with, like, you know, soundtrack wahs. Exactly. <laughs> tick, tick, tick. Oh.
1: <laughs> oh boy.
2: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are night's entertainment
0: yes. I don't know who I
1: am did I IQ's just drop shot
0: I could have been I, I, I have a plan.
1: Plan. I like this shit is all is world
0: world world world. Exciting. Bro. it is your
1: Minier. destiny welcome to the Atlantic Screen Connection Podcast Let the games begin welcome Everyone to the show this week, episode 17 of the ASC podcast with Jason and Lee. I am Jason. I am Lee. And today we're going to be talking about a Christmas classic called Miracle on 34th Street, the 1947 classic directed by George Seaton. Before we get into that, I want to know how my co-host, Mr. Lee Brady, is doing. How you doing, Lee?
0: I'm doing well, man. Uh... I started. I started um, exercising for my wedding. I, it's the first time I started exercising in bumps. I <laughs> <laughs> it "Going?" That's fine. Well, actually, it's, it's it. W- it started out pretty bad because what do you call? Uh, the, the initial intention was to go to the gym. Uh, me and Maria, we were going to go to the gym. And we we're going to go early in the morning, and then we both go to work afterwards. But we both go to work pretty early. I I would have thought so. I was. It, it, Maria went one day she went early one morning didn't enjoy it at all didn't like the gym vibe came right back said that's not happening so that that stopped so you know intentions went badly at first but we got a couple of like phone apps that sort of tell you what workouts to do at home and i mean we've got space here so we're just we're just doing that when i get home from work i, I do some exercises about 10 15 minutes a day it's okay it's it's all right <laughs> is it no no is it 10 15
1: minutes a day you you're from ireland i mean there's boozing every weekend
0: <laughs> yes but i well i eat a lot and i drink decently but i i don't really gain a lot of weight because of magic you're so, a lucky fucker yeah exactly you know uh, so
1: i have a french riot shows us a lump on my ass <laughs> i got to be
0: careful the uh. So yeah, um, I only need a little exercise to, you know, be healthy enough for my wedding to go, hey, remember that five months of exercise I did? So that's going to be good. I'm going to keep that up. Uh, But yeah, other than that... All is all is well. I'm getting excited for Christmas. I love Christmas. I put the tree up. I've decorated the house. Yeah, I saw that. I saw a nice picture on
1: Facebook. Uh, you uh, Maria said like thanks to Lee's enthusiasm. So apparently <laughs> you're the guy
0: that's big on Christmas over there. I mean, to be fair, in my house, in my my family household, I am probably the least Christmassy. Mm. Really? Yeah, maybe except my dad. I guess I don't know. But I, you know, even though I like, I wear the terrible jumpers on purpose and I like, I decorate the house and get really into the mood and sing Christmas songs to myself, I like, I don't, I pale in comparison to my, my, my mother and my siblings who are absolutely crazy about it, who watch Christmas films all the time and it's madness. (laughs) Ouch. I don't know.
1: I like Christmas. I'm, my tree's up as well. I put up a couple of lights in the window. Great. And, um, yeah, I haven't put any, gifts under the tree yet waiting for the kids to to leave to go see their mother for the next week and then perhaps when they come back they'll see something underneath there we'll see
0: but, uh, <laughs> be very disappointing be lumps yeah.
1: of coal <laughs> gonna yeah, exactly. scrooge up their christmas
0: <laughs> that's what you get for buying the hype kids <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh well it depends i mean not for star wars not anyway. for star wars but definitely That's for Christmas. Speaking of speaking of which, I was supposed to go. We we don't have a star for the top of our tree, and I was with my daughter today because poor her, she's she's feeling ill. Um, she's she's on antibiotics for the next uh, ten days. She's got a strep throat and whatnot, and so mm. I had to stay home and take care of her. Poor me, which is terrible spending time <laughs> with my little girl. Yeah. And so we went to we went to the store today to try to pick up a a star for the top of the tree, and uh, we found a Star Wars toaster, which is fantastic. (laughs) It's ridiculous.
0: You You showed you've all right. We'll just, you have already shown me this, and it yes. is the most novel of novel items I have seen in quite some time. Wonderful! <laughs> it burns. It's got star. the Rebel Thunder Alliance practical toaster. It only burns like a small logo into the toast, <laughs> and it's enough to keep my heart full. Oh, it's God. beautiful. You're insane. Yeah, so I gave the a, Star Wars madness. It's like a fever.
1: <laughs> it is. I'm hoping Rogue One's better not suck, man. I'm I'm terrified right yeah, now. You're, I'm are pretty in much in that <laughs> fucking movie. You're pretty much
0: overinvested at this point. Yeah. Star Wars well, is a franchise I mean, that's going to live forever, and you're just really banking on it, not like imploding in the next couple of years.
1: It probably it probably will, but I mean, at least you know, at least I have Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, even Force Awakens. You know, so I, I, I've got those that I really, really enjoy. So I mean, even if if they kind of screw up on the stories, at least the mythology is something I I still can enjoy and get something from you know what i mean
0: i don't know when it blurs the lines of 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 household goods it starts to oversaturate beyond compare and then it becomes a fashion statement and then like all fashion statements it stops being a fashion statement
1: (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i I get what you mean i i I like the i like specific characters and stuff like that am i going overboard with
0: the poster perhaps (laughs) emphatically yes
1: fifteen (laughs) dollars (laughs) <laughs> uh, fifteen dollars Screw you It's fifteen bucks yeah,
0: that, That's, that's worrying so That doesn't sound like A quality toaster
1: <laughs> Oh it's not It is definitely not It's probably one of them Things that they shouldn't Even sell there's probably a warning underneath it that I yeah, didn't do like, check. do not make toast with this. <laughs> exactly, do not make toast with this. You know, It's probably just a, as a decoration. And I'll put it with my Star Wars figures or something like that, you know, yeah. next to my movies. It'd be yeah, great. That, that, but to that's that, true.
0: That's one of those things that people look back on. Tacky memorabilia of the time. We're going for a renaissance oh, yeah. of Star Wars crap. And you've got the, the piece de resistance at the moment. <laughs>
1: Uh, That's pretty cool. I I mean, it goes hand in hand with a a birthday gift my girlfriend gave me. She uh, got me a a hot dog toaster. What? What does that mean? Yeah, it's actually a, a toaster that cooks the wieners and the hot dog breads at the same time it's wonderful so, so like a panini grill no not at all it's literally a toaster you press down on the button it brings the, the the wieners down and the bread down and then when it pops up everything's ready and you just have to eat it it's that, literally a hot dog toaster
0: that, that can't be right that sounds hard like Bread and sausage do not take the same time to cook. That's something's terribly wrong about that. I didn't. I didn't question it. I just <laughs> I, I didn't laughed question, my ass. I didn't question off. the food poisoning. It just happened.
1: Uh, I, I laughed my ass off. And gave I gave her. I mean, a kiss like, if said, it works,
0: man, that is an incredible invention. It's gra- I
1: I tried it. I had hot dogs immediately. I left. I went to the store. Came back with the shit. Had it to eat, and I told her
0: I loved her. <laughs> That's incredible. I like... <laughs> We're truly living in some sort of Jetsons-esque future. If we could make toast hot dogs.
1: What? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so anyway, speaking of junk, what did you think of the Transformers trailer?
0: Yeah, yeah, you told, <laughs> you told me to watch this. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, it's the first trailer. I, I, to be fair, we haven't done what we watched this week in, in a, a while, it feels. So it's pretty good to, to jump right in with the one sec- part of it that we haven't done in a while even longer, which was trailers um yeah i'm doing the trailers
1: this time just because anthony hopkins is narrating right yeah that's the only reason i'm playing this trailer
0: (laughs) oh i'd listen to him fucking he could sell me a a hot dog toaster i'd buy it
1: (laughs) (laughs) good man sell me a star wars toaster too. yeah exactly yeah i'd love to see anthony hopkins in star wars
0: that'd be great that'd be so good man we're we're fearing wildly off topic (laughs) yes transformers
2: It has been said through the ages, without sacrifice, there can be no victory. You Two species at war, that you have the one flesh, Metal. You Optimus Prime has left us. One hundred billion trillion planets in the cosmos. Now. Keep coming here.
1: I want to stay.
0: And I want to fight them.
2: And now, two worlds colliding. The
0: operation is over. We're not giving up, okay?
2: only one survives
1: It's our Christmas episode.
0: Who gives a shit? Yeah, it's, it's to be fair. It's it's we're just emulating the ADD effect of watching a Transformers trailer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I oh man. I what really sold me about this 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 fifth Transformers film trailer is that Anthony Hawkins had to say the words "a million trillion planets" like he pulled a number off out of his ass. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. <laughs> I don't understand why they, they just like no. We'll we'll pay you, Anthony. Just yeah. say a number. One in a bajillion billion planets. Are in our <laughs> galaxy. One of them is Cybertron.
1: <laughs> it feels like he was. It feels like he was squinting while really reading the script and being yeah. like billion, trillion! Yeah, <laughs> exactly, those, yeah. It was like a it's double take. Like he pick. skipped the word without know, on purpose. Poor guy.
0: It really, did, it really did come. Like he, he couldn't have given it the last effort either. It was fucking hilarious. Huh. Oh yeah. Ah, uh, does this look any good? Uh of course it doesn't. But I, I would like to see <laughs> it at sheer tack value. I mean, these have to end at know. some point and they're going to be a, a part of our history as, as as human beings. We're going to look back oh, at the period on, of, man. of terrible Transformer films that influenced uh, uh, generations of blockbuster crap. And we're going to have to see where it all began and see how it died and do multiple theses on why this happened. So that's let's stick with the trend. Let's, know, uh, let's watch this crap. <laughs> uh. At this point at this point
1: I, I evaluate Transformers the same way as I evaluate the uh, Sharknado movies. Mm. I feel it's the same thing with the larger budget. You yeah. know what I mean?
0: Yeah, if you can get uh, away with making the same film three, four, five times, so you, you've you've got Asylum as as your glorious dream star teaching and leading exactly. you in the way. <laughs> there's a there's a Christmas <laughs> reference for you. <laughs> Kinda. <of. laughs> <laughs> a Christmas oh, episode, God. just keeping you on boy <laughs> This is definitely still it's a Christmas episode, <laughs>
1: and we're we're sober too. My kids here watching me. <laughs> 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 oh boy, yeah, but that's I don't know, man. There's one thing if there's one thing you don't do in your trailers is give away major plot points, you know. So when Anthony Hopkins says Optimus Prime has left us, mm. don't show Optimus Prime power body slamming fucking bumblebee 30 seconds later it, you destroyed oh. the entire like you clearly know that he's been well hacked for a better word and it, it's yeah, just
0: definitely
1: what the fuck is going on at the beginning there's knights there's a giant transformer with a goddamn sword then there's the nazis that's going to be the first 15 minutes of the movie now i'm positive that this will be the longest goddamn transformers movie what was it last time three hours almost this one will be four and a half hours Three
0: hours? hours? I didn't, oh my god i didn't watch the last one at all to, to full disclosure so uh i don't know if i'm I'm out of the loop as far as lore goes but um
1: three uh, hours yeah, three people ha- sat and watched three a hours. three hour long transformers film. i don't even understand man i mean that there's so much there's only so many explosions i can handle you wow. know but anyway oh by the <laughs> way you might hear a Beeping sounds soon because I'm cooking banana bread. Oh. Too bad you guys can't smell that.
0: Banana, the oh, Christmas uh, fruit.
1: <laughs> not at all. It's because there's a, there's a woman I work with uh, who's uh, really cool. Sometimes I send in – she's the woman who, who takes care of the photocopies. Sure. And so sometimes I send in the copies that I need done – kind of at the last minute and i feel a little bit bad so i promised her that i'd bring her some banana bread and uh she said yeah right and i'm kind of just bringing it in for her just to prove her wrong to shut her ass up so next time when i want photocopies she'll be like maybe i'll get another banana bread so this is all (laughs) part of the plan
0: this sounds like it's costing you way more than it's costing her
1: No, oh, it's not at all, man. It's just an old recipe. It looks good. I mean, I, I, I called my mom. I mom, I need your recipe to make the banana bread. I had a fun little afternoon with mom after I finished Miracle on 34th Street. Um, and so, yeah, it was great. So far, so good. So if you cool, hear a beeping sound, then... That's it. I just have to get up quickly. You can keep talking. I won't have to listen. And uh, then. Oh, just take the of bread out of the meal.
0: Same as every episode, then.
1: No, 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 no. All
0: right. Transformers. We're done with that. You've got our opinion on it. (laughs)
1: Yeah, it's kind of like Suicide Squad. We talked around it.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Can't wait. Can't wait till our full review where we're going to talk about, I don't know, Ant-Man and the Wasp.
1: (laughs) I, I think that would be great if we if we decided to talk about the new Transformers movie on the show. What we could do is talk about everything around Transformers. We'll find a way to do that, you know. We'll, we'll use the Transformers logos and the images and all that stuff, and we'll just talk about something else.
0: He's like hey, Transformers. And speaking of Hasbro, you know, and then go into you know, <laughs> yeah. I've seen. Record... Ba- have you seen Battleship? <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> I'll record Leslie knitting. <laughs> I just have the the little the little laid out know, needles just going. Tick- Click, click for us. Just, just, just on Just
0: break, break up that sound with, like, you know, soundtrack. <laughs> exactly. Tick, tick, tick. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, boy. All right. So, other than that, let's see. Oh. That's you. There's the beeping sound. So, Lee, what did you watch this week? I gotta go take my <laughs> stuff out of the oven. It. <laughs> Talk about the prestige. I won't be there to beat the shit out of you.
0: <laughs> All right, guys. That's, uh... Let's talk some movies. Uh, so this week, I watched um, The Prestige, the Christopher Nolan film. And uh, you'll be pleased to know that I liked it, didn't love it. I had a, a brief discussion with Jason about it. He loves the film. Uh, and He pointed out some interesting things to me about how it kind of reflects PTSD and how these the mutual desires of the characters Sort of drive them to become their worst enemies, and I thought, yeah, that's all right, I get it. But uh, for me, it didn't connect to me at all. I uh, because it's about one-upmanship, you're always detaching yourself from the movie to prepare for the next one-up in because secretly Christopher Nolan wants to one-up you. I didn't buy it for a second. Uh, there are good performances, there are fun visuals and neat tricks and stuff, but I. Didn't really care that much. I wouldn't watch it again. But I certainly wouldn't say don't watch it. I just say Yeah. I've seen better Nolan, I've seen worse Nolan. What else I watch? I watch Sully, and the less said about that, the better. You can read my review on it on Big Picture Reviews. Look, Jason's back. Yeah, the bread tastes great. (laughs) Good. I got through the Prestige and Sully without your participation, so we can keep going.
1: <laughs> I haven't watched Sully yet. Prestige, I think, is a great film. It's my favorite of Christopher Nolan's films after Interstellar. But I know that you didn't particularly like it. But we we talked about it. You probably yeah.
0: I mentioned I mentioned I mentioned your take. I was very I was very reasonable.
1: <laughs> Good, uh, Sully. Yeah, I read your review and you really really did not like it. I'm looking forward to seeing it uh, just so that I can. Um, because, I mean, I, I've read... It must be a mess of a movie because I've read both sides
0: yeah. of the story. Oh, exactly. People have
1: enjoyed it a lot. And then the, then the other people are like, what the hell is Eastwood doing? And so, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to sitting down and picking it apart myself. I am... I'm going in reserved. I, I don't know what to expect. I yeah. wanted to see it because they were playing it here in IMAX. And I didn't get a chance to see it. Mm. So I'm going to have to watch it on my, my, it, my TV. I would have loved to did, see it on it IMAX. It did but. strike
0: me. That, like That's what I mean. I, in my review, I go into that sort of 40-minute stretch where we're in the plane. And we're a part of that. The actual event itself. That part there, that screams, should have been seen in IMAX. Because it was incredible. And I, I have no faults for it. A great sequence. And easily... Enough of a reason to see the film to see some damn good handling of a disaster on film, right. but um, or you know, a potential disaster because obviously it's a, it's it's the miracle, but uh, the, the, everything around it is the, the the actual disaster of this. It's not good. But uh, to be fair, I'm not going to force a lot of judgment on it. Lots of people have had different takes from it. I think a lot of people are bringing a lot of of themselves to the film, a lot of their personal what personal ethics. You know, some people. I've heard, you know, uh, on on next p- picture they were talking about they really enjoyed it. I think, and I think a lot of that was because they li- most of them live in New York, and so it was a big New York film for them. I get that. Right. Perfectly makes sense. It does seem like a all we as one kind of film. Fair enough. Uh, I did. I was a little more cynical on that take, but whatever. I think that that's fair enough. And other people that see the sort of the good intentions shine through. Over the horrible missteps that I kind of had with the thought the film takes. Fair enough, it's not mean spirited. I'll say that. So I mean, it it genuinely is a mistake, not a intentional. It's not manipulative. It's just misguided. So oh, if you if okay. you if you enjoy it, you enjoy it. I I I think I went in reserved. Um, I didn't have much expectations, and I was pretty disappointed in it. I was uh, and I, I can't say I was, you know, excited for it. So I don't know. Didn't, didn't strike me as a good film at all.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I think it might also be the fact that people are afraid to speak out against Clint, Clint Eastwood. You know, uh, he's getting there up there is in that terms that of vibe. age, you know, yeah. so you're like kind of, well, let's it's it's Clint, you know, and he's part of like American history and heritage now and whatnot. So Mm, yeah. he's, a, he's a he's a giant in the movie industry. So I mean, there is that he can do no wrong aspect to his career now.
0: I get that. But I don't agree with that at all.
1: <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm, I'm more like you when it comes to those things. I mean, put out a goddamn good movie if that's going to be the case. Right. Hmm. Because, I mean, Invictus, no matter what people say, is a boring fucking movie. American <laughs> Sniper. American Sniper is is kind of okay. I kind it's of watchable. understand what he was going for. That's exactly... You know what? It's, it's well made, but it's yeah. a story that I don't think needed to be made, right? Yeah. And so, I don't know. There's a couple of things. I mean, to me, I don't know, Gran Torino is pretty much that, uh, where he should have capped it off. You know, just retire after that one. It I, I, was a beautiful ending point for his career that one absolutely me.
0: agree gran so. torino great film <laughs> yeah so if if you want to you know i would like to i would like to hear i would like to hear your opinions on that so i hope we get come back to silly at some point just so we could talk about your take on it and then we can collaborate a little on that but, uh, Not sure. dear listener, in the meantime, you can go to the big picture reviews and read my review and then you can send me all the hate you want. <laughs> <There> <laughs> you heard go. our Clint. <laughs> all right. Anything else? Last, I uh, watched Full Metal Jacket for the first time. Yummy. As I'm slowly uh, catching up on, on my Kubrick's and my other classic films, as you can kind of somewhat guess. I fucking loved it. I, I thought it was an incredible film. I just start to finish... And I think there's a lot made of its sort of anti-war sentiment and its disillusionment sentiment. And, and especially that intro in the boot camp, a lot of people focus on that, but don't talk about the rest of the yeah. film enough. And that's no, no. All, all good things, fair enough. But like just being a part of this trip with Joker... I was yeah. hooked on that character. He was a total thrill to be a part with, of this journey with. I would love to... I, I'm going to watch this one again and again. I know I'm going to. I just had a great time seeing it. And utterly recommend it to everybody, obviously.
1: <laughs> Full Metal Jacket is a fantastic film. I uh, I remember getting uh, Leslie to watch it. Um, just I don't know if it was this summer or... I know it was a couple of months ago. I, I, was, uh, I felt like watching Full Metal Jacket again. And she'd only seen the beginning... And I, was, I sure. said to her, the beginning gets all the credit. However, mm-hmm. I think, you know, when you watch it, you understand exactly what Kubrick was doing in, in separating those things, the before Vietnam and during Vietnam. Because the, even the style of shooting the film changes completely so that you understand just how jarring it was for these soldiers to go through this type of boot camp. And then after that, head into the war.
2: Uh, yeah, after exactly. what
1: happens where you're like, these these things aren't even comparable, right? And mm-hmm. so I thought it was really yeah you know it's a, again Stanley Kubrick guy who knew what he was doing, man. So yeah, Full Metal Jacket, I it's a movie that um, it's 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 still being studied today for a reason. Yeah, you know? uh,
0: exactly. If it were just any old protest film, we'd have long dismissed it. Uh, there's oh, there's definitely. so much more in in its intricacies worth. Talking about, and maybe someday we'll get to it. Maybe we'll do a Kubrick retrospective. That you know, then we'll we'll talk. I'm about holding
1: it. you to that. I am holding you to that.
0: I would I would <laughs> love to do a Kubrick retrospective. Oh so.
1: goddammit, it! Now you, Lee. So that's why oh, that's this is why this, for me to give you a big fat kiss. This is
0: this is what I mean. I I don't want to talk about it too much now because nope. you know let's save something for later. You know. <laughs>
1: no, no. But I'd love I'd love to uh, get a, like a um a war veteran a guy who's part of the military someone who speaks english i'd love to get him on the show to explain to us you know a guy who appreciates cinema but who has also kind of seen a little bit of that to explain yeah, to us exactly fuck. how it is
0: that'd be incredible you know, jesus <laughs> you have clearly grander aspirations for our show than i do
1: <laughs> no, I, might, I might know someone who could do that so i'll check it out it'd be great all right anything <laughs> oh, else brilliant.
0: no man, that's me that's me and uh, did you see anything b- b- besides uh transformers 5 trailer
1: uh yeah i watched uh requiem for the american dream sure. uh, it's a movie basically it's a long conversation uh that took place over four years with noam chomsky i, I can't say i'm a fan of chomsky I, I i respect him enormously i like what he has to say he's a very smart man and that's sure. an understatement He's a goddamn yeah. genius and uh requiem for the american dream if it's on netflix you know you guys can find the tombstone there Go and watch it. It's absolutely wonderful to listen to this man speak for about an hour and a half. You know, it's talking about inequality in the United States, you know, how wealth is concentrated upwards, things that we know. But his approach to it and how the economy, if, if he shows you exactly how it's become so corrupt and almost impossible for people living in the middle class to actually make a living worthwhile uh, and benefit from any of the money that they're having uh, coming into their own families, right? And and it's also a little bit about uh, his political activism, and also about his hope. You know, I could I I felt a little. Just a little uh, bit of, of, of his hope for a, a future uprising. You know, <laughs> this call, call to change. He wants things to go back uh, or to improve anyway. And yeah, he, can't, sure. he can't see when it's going to happen. He can't see the tipping point. He doesn't talk about that. But he does have his fingers crossed. So anyway, if you guys have any, like an hour and a half to spare uh, to listen to a brilliant man talk about what has been going on in the economy in the United States for the last 50 Sixty years. Do yourselves a favor and watch Requiem for the American Dream. Noam Chomsky is going to really keep you interested, and invested in what he has to say.
0: Sounds great. I would love to watch it. I've never seen Noam Chomsky actually, you know, talk in a documentary or anything like that. I've I've just read bits and pieces of him. So um, it'd be great to sort of get something a little more hands-on regarding him because I do find him interesting.
1: Absolutely. And then on the complete other side of the spectrum, I watch The Secret Life of Pets. (laughs) and in the words of Forrest Gump that's all I have to say about that I also watched The Force Awakens (laughs) I I watched The Force Awakens again and I watched Empire Strikes Back uh, because that's it. I'm, I'm just gearing up for Rogue One.
0: I don't know if the toaster gave it away, but I think you might be on a bit of a Star Wars bend right now.
1: <laughs> well, I am. I'm actually finishing up, uh, James Lucino's Catalyst. Uh, it's taking me a bit of time because I'm still, like, grading to papers clar- and stuff, but...
0: To clarify for our audience, hmm. that's a book?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm reading, uh, James Lucino's, uh, Star Wars Catalyst. It's called a Rogue One novel. So this essentially is the, the, uh, setup to Rogue One. Where uh, he details the relationship between director Orson Krennick, the Ben Mendelssohn character, and Galen Erso, uh, who uh, is Mads Mikkelsen in Rogue One, so essentially Jin Erso's father, and how they went to the same academy. They've known each other for quite some time, and how um, Galen Erso, uh, Jin's father, has been working on uh, uh, synthesizing the Kyber Crystal in order to create sustainable energy for planets. And it's kind of interesting because you kind of start realizing that inadvertently he's creating what might actually be the source of energy needed to power up the Death Star. Hmm. And so it's going to be fun because this sets up a little bit what's going to be happening and how Jin Erso views her father. You know, because in the trailers, you kind of get the feeling that she has a few daddy issues and sure. maybe perhaps yeah. she's not seeing him the right way. So, this is a lot of good background information. That's... I don't think that the people going into Rogue One are going to be missing out on anything. However, I think that by reading this novel, I will be going in with a little bit more information as to how these characters are interacting, what their motivations are, and how that might actually play out in the end as to how uh yeah, well how it plays out in the end.
0: Two things have, have struck me as you were describing that one. You know, like the original Star Wars was a sort of World War Two analogy. So, is this a sort of analogy to the creating of the atom bomb? Yeah. It is. Uh, that so, I
1: have. I want. I'm glad you brought that up because that's exactly what this is to me. Great. Uh, that's that was...
0: seems perfectly in keeping with the, the tradition that they're trying to keep alive here so
1: that's why my hopes are really like i'm excited i'm very excited because this seems like oppenheimer's story yeah yeah that's what i was just about to say and that's that's awesome what a great take (laughs) Uh, well exactly you know and and then you realize that the rebels if they're doing it you know when we saw the shots in the trailers they're from the ground um you know if you look at how uh, george lucas used to shoot the dogfights and the x-wings versus the the tie fighters Mm -hmm. you know he basically Traced, you know, well, a rotoscoped a lot of imagery from uh, old World War II clips, right? Sure. Yeah. And now, uh, if I'm not mistaken, if I've seen an interview with Gareth Edwards, the director of Rogue One, saying that he basically, in presenting uh, what he wanted to present to Kathleen Kennedy as what his pitch was for Rogue One, he had his crew Photoshop. Um, rebel helmets onto a lot of footage from the Vietnam uh, War, from the Gulf uh. War, and also World War II. So this is really keeping in line with how uh, the original Star Wars trilogy is. So it's getting me a little bit excited. Great. You know? that, that so, sounds, um, I'm, they, at least they have their great. heads
0: in the right place. That's what's yeah, important. exactly. And the other thing was, so Rogue One is a Star Wars story. Catalyst is a Rogue One story. So is this yes. like a Layers thing? Is the next one going to be like, you know, Catalyst 2, a uh, Catalyst story? And then it's going to be like <laughs> Oppenheimer's Revenge, a Catalyst I 2 don't, story? <laughs> I,
1: don't think so. I think right, right now, this. Uh, I'm glad that they put out Catalyst because I've been reading the comics as well. And right. to be honest, when you're reading Catalyst, there are mentions of Count Dooku. There, is, um, uh, there are mentions of Poggle the Lesser. You know, there are mentions of, of, of so many characters that come from the prequels. Masa meet is there. And here I am just kind of reading through this and I'm like, Jesus Christ, how much fucking prequel shit is going to be in Rogue One?
2: Oh, no. And I
1: feel like with <laughs> Catalyst, they're kind of getting a lot of that out of the way because this is a very transitional thing. I, I just yeah. uh, finished reading about Jin Erso's birth, you know. I'm at where she's at six months old right now in the novel. Sure. And so I'm kind of looking forward to them kind of leaving... How can I put it? Leaving that aspect, you know, even in the latest trailer for Rogue One, you see that that one of the Trade Federation ships that that kind of looked like those giant donuts again from the Phantom Menace. I was like, Oh no, okay, this will <laughs> be very. It'll be a very much a transition.
0: Yeah, story. Yeah.
1: It's going to be one of those stories that you're kind of like, okay, there are remnants of what were the prequels, but we're heading. I got to do it somewhere. I suppose. the original series. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're so going to do it days So future to feel past, like where they all. go like.
0: And by the way, the, the medicorians were just like a made-up thing that Qui-Gon Jin just said. It's not true. It's he was a crazy theorist, and then they just get that out there, and then we can just pretend it never happened.
1: Yeah. Well. Yeah. That's. But I mean, like, 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 like faith or like science. A lot of things are uh,
0: bullshit. You know, dispro-
1: yeah, exactly. You know, they're disproven at one point, so I'm pretty sure that the medicorians That's what I mean. Are, you, they they have to brush do that. it off they, and just be like, "Oh well, we've we've debunked that. that now."
0: There was no X-Men, Sorry. The Last Stand. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, there wasn't. All
1: right, <laughs> so that's about it for me this week. Shall we move on?
0: Yes, Jingle Bells. There you go, Christmas. It's there Christmas. Remember, so it's our Christmas our episode. <laughs>
1: Christmas episode. So let's put on the trailer for Miracle on 34th Street, and we be back right after this.
2: The question of Santa Claus seems to be largely a matter of opinion. Many people firmly believe in him. Others do not. I'm Santa Claus. Oh, you don't believe that, do you?
1: Those two are a couple of lost souls. It's up to us to help them. I'll take care of Susie if you'll take care of her mother. It's a deal.
2: But you'll get me out of this. You'll think of something. It's not going to be easy, Chris.
0: Oh, it will be for you. I intend to prove that Mr. Kringle is Santa Claus.
1: But I've got a feeling he is Santa Claus, Mother.
2: I think perhaps you're right, Susie. Oh, Christmas isn't just a day. It's a frame of mind.
1: And welcome back. I hope you guys enjoy the trailer for Miracle on 34th Street. Miracle on 34th Street was a movie that came out in 1947. It was directed by George Seaton. It stars Maureen O'Hara as Doris, John Payne as Fred Gailey, Edmund Gwen as Chris Kringle, an extremely young Natalie Wood as the young Susan, Mm -hmm. and Porter Hall as Granville Sawyer, the psychologist. The plot, an old man claiming to be Santa Claus is put on trial. Can his lawyer prove that he is indeed the real Chris Kringle, also known as Santa Claus? Lee, what did you think of the original version of Miracle on 34th
0: Street? Uh, <sighs> loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say, like, okay, it's a weird semi tradition in my house, in my family house, where I usually, or I know, I always spend Christmas. We watch the 1993 version with Richard Attenborough and, uh.
1: Oh, he's great, yeah. Jurassic Park. Yeah,
0: it's, and I do like that film, you know, it's it's a weird concept. And it's a bit depressing, like most Christmas films, especially towards the middle, but, um, it, it has the perfect. Santa in Richard Attenborough. But what is good about that film, it owes entirely to the original. And what is better about that film than this film is what it looked at as the missteps of this film and decided to... Either avoid or reiterate an update in a smart way. So, generally, I went into this with a a soft preference to the the remake, but I wanted to see maybe that was going to be debunked by this older version. And uh, to me, it wasn't. This is a this is a weird, weird, dated film that is charming in a really dated way. It's funny it's um there are good things I will say some good things about it but uh it's 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 mostly negative i I would never watch this again it is a bizarre thing that we decided to watch on a whim uh for Christmas and it, it never made me feel Christmasy even slightly which is also a huge negative but uh yeah that's that's my general impression what did you think Jason of Miracle on 34th Street
1: um, well I'm pretty much the same as you you know as much as I, I, I'm I, I'm not a Christmas movie fan mm. I'll be honest uh, even I'll go as far as to say that It's a Wonderful Life is a movie that I don't particularly enjoy sure I've seen it twice and I try to understand why people enjoy it and it just kind of got a lot of traction because they were playing it on, mo- on TV like on infinite repeat and it just became a classic as a result of that Sure. it was never considered a classic at the time you know it was just one of those things that they threw on TV, yeah, and people kind of started flocking around it because it was on TV. Sure,
0: I, I mean, like I, I didn't know that, and, and in my household, the this It's a Wonderful Life was never really hailed as a classic. I know my dad outright hated it, and there was always that joke in Friends: "It's a sucky, sucky life," and just when you think it's can't suck anymore, it does. So that was my impression going into that, and I still loved it. I thought it was a great film, but it, I, you know, I'd, I'd be very hesitant to rush back to it. It's not very Christmassy.
1: <laughs> yeah that's it i mean to me christmas movies i, I enjoy the little classics from when i was a kid you know rudolph the red-nosed reindeer is a is a very weird movie from 1967 <laughs> but weird at the song. same time i mean i was young enough to kind of just absorb it and when i watch it i watch it with this very nostalgic feeling mm. however miracle on 34th street i had seen for the first time 15 years ago and i hadn't watched it since that point in time. And I remember why. (laughs) Now, having seen it this second time, I don't care if this film is
0: considered a classic. It's an Oscar winner.
1: I think it's, I think it's a terrible film. (laughs) I think it's a, Terrible fucking movie. I was bored out of my mind. I fell asleep on it twice. Granted, I mean I did fall asleep on Seven Samurai, but that didn't you know it didn't impede on my my (laughs) enjoyment
0: Exactly. One's overly long, one's like an hour and a half. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I I don't understand. A lot of people say that it's a very classic. I think that classic is a catch all term now for if they liked it back then then people should like it now. Sure. And you're right, the themes are very old, it's very dated. uh, and I mean I understand that it could be a vessel to explain what was going on uh, in society or culture at a specific moment in time you know post-world war ii however i didn't think that a movie could be as naive and hypocritical as a movie such as Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. So I was kind of offended watching it, just sitting there going like, "I can't believe just how fucking terrible these people are." Yeah, you know, and how poorly written the characters are, how dumb the courtroom scene is. You know, they want to be grandiose. There's nothing Christmassy about it. it. Really, it isn't. happens between. Thanksgiving and and Christmas. So I just assume watch like Bad Santa or Elf, you know, so I'm sorry for scrooging up this fucking Christmas episode, but (laughs) Miracle on 34th Street to me is a very terrible movie. Scrooged.
0: That's a film we should have talked about. <laughs>
1: there you go. All right, well, let's re-record this. Let's stop this now. See yeah, you next see week.
0: <laughs> oh well, okay. Well, I'll try to explain some of the things I liked about the film uh, before we start shitting on it, and uh, then maybe we can right. maybe we can slowly try to understand what people enjoy about it. This is what I can. This is what I perceived anyway. First, I, I mean performances. Are good. I mean, or 1940s fluff, especially a sort of semi-comedy drama like this. Um Edmund Gwenn is is a really good fucking Santa Claus. I really liked no, he's him. Great. I, I'll give you that. I'll yeah. Give you that. There's something about seeing Santa and trying to understand his overall positivity that is very interesting to watch. You know, it is interesting to see this man. that's sort of I don't know. He's like commercialism Jesus. <laughs> he brings goodwill to all. Right. But there's something. There's something like fascinating about that concept in itself if he's supposed to represent all that goodwill to to men and so on then you can't help that Evan Gwen brings that to the role it's very infectious he's very just delightfully quirky he's not that over the top either so it's I I don't know I thought it was it's it's a good performance um what else is good uh Natalie Wood as a kid actress Jesus Christ she's amazing and and she was adorable and just the 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 right level of smart (laughs) know-it-all Right. So I, I I found her character pretty fun and I liked her character's kind of arc. It was certainly better handled than her mother's. <laughs> what else? John Payne makes an okay everyman. The concept is is fascinating. If you write it on paper, it's it's fucking batshit crazy. But just look at the concept itself. Santa goes to court to prove he's Santa. I mean, where where do you begin with that? With that how do you start? Like okay, that's 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 a bit of a, a weird short film you're pitching. Um, how are you gonna expand this? Listen up. All right. Santa gets confused for another Santa and ends up working at Macy's. And then people start thinking he's crazy because he thinks he's Santa. So they take him to court and in court they prove he's Santa. You just you look at that concept and you go, "Who the fuck thought this was a good idea? What? The this is very bleak cynical way to look at Santa why why would we try to tear him apart like this and obviously it's it plays into the bigger messages that they're going to try and unsuccessfully force down our throats but at the same time as a concept why Santa why of all people to take this this stand Santa I don't know but I, I found its concept just like at least memorably insane and at times there is something uh, enjoyable about its uh, charming about its datedness I, I think of one scene it's very I think it's the opening scene where um, Santa's just just strolling around, Chris Pringle even, and um, he goes to a shop window, and a guy's is decorating reindeer wrong or something, and he bangs on the window and basically rudely intrudes to tell this man to do his job better. And it's so like detached from how people talk to each other or how anybody gets away with shit in real life that it screamed yeah. old Hollywood to me. I don't know. I find old Hollywood fascinating in its sheer misunderstanding of how people work.
1: I don't know. I thought that that scene was probably my favorite in the movie, and then after that it goes to shit. That's the opening scene. <laughs> I know. But then uh, it's because it was a nice visual metaphor for what they were trying to do, right? The idea that there's a loss of communication between the older generation and the younger generation. A complete loss of, of, of understanding, you know, and an unwilling to open up to individuals that are trying to help you yeah, in a yeah. way. Right so Santa's trying to help this man change his point of view on things and help him correct his view on what Christmas is supposed to be and so I thought that that scene encapsulated the movie as a whole. sure now that could have been a wonderful short film that I would have loved to analyze because the windows the door the lock everything is is perfect you know even the camera angles Santa looking down in you know the guy is in a child's position, right yeah right Santa's supposed to be this giant thing that 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 history is, is there for and so I like that opening sequence. I understand what what you're saying but that's it after that to me everything else is fucking terrible well
0: there's a, there's an interesting notion um what if this what if that what you're saying there is happening to us now what if we're looking back in this the, the words of the older generation and poo-pooing it for its brash hearty nature that doesn't connect with how we like to see messages in films today oh yeah
1: but come on man
0: this was <laughs> heavy-handed
1: fuck i know and that's Listen, that's I'm how the trying, older generation I mean...
0: liked it damn it <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I don't know. I think that this was, you know, from what I was reading, people have said that this is about hope and truth and promoting child imagination. And, and I like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to Scrooge it up, but here goes. <laughs> to me, it was a, just a giant fucking Macy's ad mixed in with psychotherapy, hype, and cultural melodrama about preserving the nuclear family and creating suburbia. And I was fucking annoyed by it mm. because I thought that it... it, it it catered to and tried to take advantage of a vulnerable post world war 2 demographic and it didn't even try to hide it <laughs> to me this is a very shameful thing to do it is i agree you know <laughs> <laughs> And it's weird, even Maureen O'Hara's character, I mean, like, it's, it's as if it's, they're just screaming at you. Hey, you're a delu- disillusioned divorcee, you know, Yo, that spouts yeah. truth to your child and you're killing her
0: imagination she in the project, a bad process. Rap in this film. Oh, you know, God.
1: <laughs> you know, they're telling her you should be ashamed of yourself. Find a dick, move to the suburbs <laughs> and spend money, you bitch what the fuck what kind of message is that you know she's uptight she needs to let loose you know showing that women post-world war ii were high-strung and needed a man to calm down yeah, what the yeah. fuck kind of message is that oh man
0: it's, it's you mean nasty I, up.
1: And look, <laughs> look look at how what what happened with jurassic world right with bryce dallas howard's character it's exactly the same fucking thing. i was just going to say that at,
0: about the the commercialism thing you know it never has it been more relevant than we've seen fil- the film like this that, like is you're as you're you're totally right is one long Macy's advert <laughs> and we're and it's, we live in the in, in, in the you know the, an industry dominated now by big film corporations shoving in product placement in every blockbuster movie trying to sell us the next yeah. big thing and and passing it it's, and, and not even being subtle about it in a lot of cases Jurassic World is another perfect example with its with its horrible Starbucks and Ben and Jerry's and Verizon sponsored dinosaur <laughs> but that's it I mean to me it was is kind of insulting
1: to see I mean I can understand now why women are still uh, struggling today I mean when I watch a movie like that I'm like Jesus Christ this woman didn't you? even Even, like even if Gailey even if Fred was a really nice guy he was a very heartfelt man I thought that he wasn't being trying, trying to be hypocritical No, I think that he was trying to really he, he cared for Susan and he cared for Doris I, I liked his character it was good but it was it was a little bit too idealistic that he would be the source of her pleasure you know yeah. I thought that it was just too much much that he was willing to throw away his his um his his career in order to to promote the truth and you're like what kind of fucking lawyer does that
0: (laughs) (laughs) the christmas movie lawyer jason you're taking it too seriously
1: (laughs) i understand no no i i i I totally
0: uh, think you're right I, i don't know i like i like when my movies respect women but it is you're right you're it is being naive in the wrong way because it's it's also being naive about things it doesn't actually understand like psychotherapy there's that yeah, yeah. you know like there you go like right. i mean Jesus, like there. holy shit it's insane what it's trying to say about psychotherapy it's basically like oh yeah it's the hack science yeah that is To tie that into a a film that's capitalizing on nostalgia for Christmas and Good Times is so bizarre and so corrupt. It's really out of place.
1: But I I mean, at least they're not as bad as as Spellbound. Have you ever watched Hitchcock's Spellbound? No, I
0: haven't, no.
1: Ingrid Bergman and and Gregory Peck. It came out in 1945. Again, psychotherapy was one of those things. It became a catch-all term during that period in time. I would have loved to have David Hart on the show today to talk about Miracle 34. It would have been great to have his input on psychology. Well, we didn't
0: didn't see it coming in the schedule that it was going to be a a shocking indictment of of psychoanalysis in the 1940s. (laughs)
1: Absolutely. I think I might actually, I'm going to send him a message on Twitter after this. Dude, do this movie. If you want to really get into a psychological (laughs) aspect, do Miracle on 34th Street and fucking dissect it. Uh, But that's it. You know, Spellbound was one of those movies where you're, you're watching it and you feel like they're trying to plug in the word the entire time. Just, oh, like psychoanalysis? Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. Every
1: every 10 or 15 words psychoanalysis is said so and you're like in this your is Gregory Preck like, and Ingrid, taboo like, exactly you know? <laughs> and it's weird because these these people are doctors and they're trying to use psychotherapy to, 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 to treat patients and whatnot sure. and it comes off as really naive it's like Hollywood's interpretation if we say the word then people will get it but it becomes a buzzword and so I thought that even here in Miracle on 34th Street like Porter Hall's character Granville Sawyer he is suffering from everything he's diagnosing to these other people you know and you're like, really? That's the way you want to play this one? It's like, they show you psychotherapy is actually the evil thing. Uh. <laughs> and, you know, if you take the World War II aspect of it, they're saying, don't go see these guys. They'll tell you what's wrong. Go to the store. Go spend yeah, your money. Yeah. Just You'll be fine. Purchase a little bit
0: of... <laughs> purchase a little bit of happiness. Forget about the war. Exactly. I get I get that there is this intention that you know after the war people needed cheering up. There was a similar kind of thing that happened after 9-11 in, in, in more recent history that sort of forced people oh, like yeah, yeah. Just the film. Yeah exactly just like you know what we need right now soppy, romantic, just a good time that helps us take our minds off the, the horrible tragedy that has befallen us in the recent decade and that went on for quite some time. Right. Uh. So we, saw, we saw a repeat of that basically but but, um, we're still living. Yeah, it. Yeah, we're still living it. It's true. It's it's kind of mixing in with a bunch of other feelings now. It's more fear and weirdness. Superhero films. But man. yeah, exactly. It's definitely still rooted in idealistic battle movies. <laughs> yeah, but at the, at the same time, I, like, so I get what they're trying to do. You know, it's it is it is well meaning, I guess. That that uh that they do want people to not feel bad about something that genuinely upsets them, but as we know, this never works. This approach doesn't work, and especially to use that and then to push your own to push like blame onto other uh, aspects of life, like psychoanalysis and commercial you know, and, and drug abuse, and you go like, ah, oh, fuck these guys, the down the oh, yeah, down the the, da- they have- drunk yeah, at the beginning they impoverished and the boozing, fuck them. They uh their coping mechanism is wrong. What you need is to buy a a good old rockin' horse from not just Macy's Any Store. <laughs> you know?
1: Exactly. Just go anywhere and spend your money. That's right. You're absolutely right.
0: You know, that's it's really fucked up.
1: <laughs> There's that. I mean look at look at what Susan, what does Susan want for Christmas? House <laughs> she wants a fucking house it's she wants a house but, but it's not a house it's not a house she wants a
0: home yeah, it's she wants the, li- the, the idyllic the home, suburban the concept yeah exactly the suburban lifestyle it's
1: weird it's really you know, and she short. shows this to Fred you know I want a home and you're like oh well we understand that Fred's going to get with Doris by the end of the movie you know this reconstruction you know the fractured family post-World War II bringing them yeah, together yeah. so that we can have this serene environment for our children to blossom exactly and you're like Jesus Christ take it easy why does the kid have to say I want a
0: house yeah um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's like
1: fuck oh. poor kid <laughs> <laughs> she lives in an apartment with her mother who works at a Macy's store who has a really good job I might add and she's striving to be good at it which is really cool because that would be normally a man's job but she's given shit because she takes it so seriously what the fuck it's let so her go weird, let her be yeah, fly and, woman fly
0: it's such a <laughs> it's so hypocritical and so so many weird ways it's it's really something I've never seen in, in a film to this scale that like, to really in one hand try to push like sentimental good values that are genuinely trying to help people and to be so naive about how and which ones to push that you would genuinely shove things down and push these right. weird notions so hard to people it's, it's a really bizarre film and because it's a Christmas film it's all the more manipulative you know it plays I, on that right. spirit Absolutely. you know it's it, if, if this were like a just a summer film about a girl who meets this charming old man who you know goes to the shop that it like it would be a weird but forgettable film that we would never talk about anymore but because it has Santa in it this is a incredible classic of the day that we still talk about weirdly we remake it's been remade like three times and it's all the more creepy and invasive because it's it's buying off your attachment and your nostalgia for what is the the charming commercial holiday it's so creepy
1: Yeah, it's it. You mentioned that it, it's not a Christmas, it's not a summer movie but this film was released in June of 1947. What? June of July. I, I was one of the two. Holy exactly. shit. Because they wanted they really wanted to get their run in for the Oscars because they really thought that Ed, Edmund Gwen had a chance to, at scoring Oscars and they really wanted to And they were really, right.
0: They did, didn't they?
1: They did. They, yeah, they They got a bunch of them. Yeah. But that's it. No, it was released in the summer and so you're like wow, okay. This is before Thanksgiving. This is before Christmas. So that what they wanted is essentially to get that movie out so that in during Thanksgiving, during the Macy's Day, during Christmas. Oh my God. The people would continue talking about it. So there was a lot of marketing involved in trying to get this one as big, as as, as much publicity as they could. So anyway, it's a very, very odd thing. But I mean, I, I do like Santa in the movie. I really like him as a character. I love the fact that he whacks that that's, goddamn psychology. Oh my God. That's
0: one thing I hate.
1: Ah, well, I think he deserves it. Do it. I, I'm He's not. Him.
0: I, I agree. Let's disengage from the thematic for a bit and just look at the actual narrative for a second. The, yes. the Santa Claus here is, you're, we're supposed to be under the impression that yes, maybe he is a little crazy. And that's what the villains of the of the piece are saying, you know. And what specifically that psychoanalyst is saying about Santa is that he has violent tendencies. And that's why he should be committed. And he's totally right. The villain of the piece totally calls it. He, he tells it like it is. Like, yeah, you know, if, if provoked, even if you, you know, push him the wrong way. That man's gonna beat the shit out of you, and he does, and specifically the therapist because the therapist is seedy. And I get that. Yes, they were trying to attack psychoanalysts. I mean, fair enough. But the uh, it's so messed up because then from that point onwards, Santa actually is guilty of the crime. You know, he actually might need to be you know analyzed and and. Possibly locked away because he he's this raging bitter old man in the facade of a jolly Christmas figurehead. It's really bizarre, and it's one thing the remake fixes because he actually is as a character set up uh, in the remake. He's set up by the the competitor to the Macy's ripoff because they don't use Macy's. They want to damage fake Macy's in the in the remake, and to do so, they try to take down Santa. And so they get the drunk Santa from the start of the film that he takes a job of basically tell him provoke this man and he does to the point where he basically gets tripped up by santa while santa defends himself and we get the wrong side of him basically the world sees santa seemingly attack this guy and that's that made more sense it's still a weird misunderstanding trope to force in your film and it's 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 kind of a cliche but at the same time at least i understood what they were going for they wanted to to get it to the courtroom thing this was the better way to do it and at least we didn't think even santa was a hypocrite
1: (laughs) i know i know you're right i know that that was the point i just think that that sawyer was such a sniveling little shit that it was like santa telling him instead of giving you a lump of coal i'm gonna give
0: you a lump on the forehead i i get it like i it it was to (laughs) me it was genuinely cathartic to see him bat the guy on the head and if and that little shit he just
1: leans back in his chair and looks to see if someone saw he's the fucking child he's the worst goddamn I get it
0: I, I get that and I want that moment why couldn't we have it and not also be teasing a story in which Santa is being judged for this exact same thing you know yeah yeah. they don't I actually even really use it in the end you know he goes to court he turns himself into the court so it has nothing to do with anything you know he puts he, he, he puts himself on trial right so it has nothing to do right. with the therapist so why couldn't we just have a good old-fashioned bat in the head and have this heroic if we gonna go full naive why couldn't we have this angry embittered naive Santa beat the shit out of this therapist and have a good old time why do we have to yeah. also undermine Santa you know it's, so it's not even good at, at being you know hypocritical it's, it's it's hypocritical at being hypocritical it's really it's stupid it's a stupid movie <laughs> <laughs> but,
1: but I mean you're bringing up the court case and I thought that was one of the weirder instances
0: in the film that's what I mean Conceptually, I love this scene I mean it is bizarre. Bizarre beyond compare, but I mean, it is also a slog to watch.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, the court case is resolved so quickly. And I mean, I have a question for you and anybody out there. Please answer me this because it fucked with me. How do the letters in any way Prove that Kris Kringle is Santa. They prove that Santa exists, but they can't prove he's Santa.
0: Oh, because the, cause they were delivered to him in the court case, that's why.
1: Yeah, I get that, but that doesn't make any sense. There's only one letter that's addressed to the court. The rest are all over the fucking place.
0: Yes. You know? Agreed. How did they get to him? Why did they get the, Oh, no, because we get that one exposition scene. Well, send it to the... Yeah, send one it, of the, send uh, it to that Santa guy, you know? <laughs> We'll really show exactly, this. Let's clean have, up this place.
1: <laughs> but everything's going to be addressed to the North Pole except that one. They have no proof.
0: I'm sure there's something written into you know dead letter offices that you know they have this thing where they could just dump them somewhere if no if they can't send them to any geographical possible place. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. Uh, I'm sure. That's, but uh, uh, listeners, if you understand the postage system in in uh, in America, especially post war, uh, we would love your feedback on this on this issue.
1: <laughs> yeah, because I mean. Up until this point, they have no one to ship it to, and just because one guy who's look, listen, we'll, we'll be honest, he is Santa at the end of the movie. Okay, we understand that. But there Santa is Santa at the start end. of the movie.
0: It never convinced me once he wasn't Santa. Exactly. I mean, I <laughs> which saw him, is another I like, problem obviously. with the film. But not for a second did I buy that he wasn't.
1: <laughs> exactly. Except for that lingering final shot, right? That possibility that I mean, he may have been a squatter the whole time. What the fuck? <laughs> you know they leave the cane in the that's house that's
0: what you got from that
1: i mean but no I, I understand that he was the one that drove them towards the house i get it but at the same time i mean that's what that's what uh what's his name uh, uh, gaily sees he sees the cane and he's like i'm wondering if i did the right thing after all and you're like well what the fuck don't put that in my head now because then i'm like what santa was a squatter with a great suit what the hell's going on
0: <laughs> I, that's not what i got from that at all i don't know
1: i'm enjoying misreading this entire film no i
0: don't I, that's that's fucking hilarious. I love it. <laughs> Squatters at Santa <laughs> fucking brilliant. Yeah. I, to be fair, I like I love the spectacle of the letters on the desk. Uh, although, what was with the judge having to be bribed not to convict Santa? I, what,
2: don't, I don't understand know. that plot thread at weird. all.
0: It was so bizarrely out of. I've seen the remake, and like a mafia. I know there, there's there's like there's like pressure on him to do the exact opposite. I if, I think, but this time he's he's more about I won't undermine the government, which keeps buying selling that uh, creepy oversight message that keeps arm in arm with that Macy's commercialism. Hey, let's get a tax break if we say the government's alright. <laughs> you know, it's something something really seedy about it. You know, I'll uphold it. As long as the government say Santa, then I'll take it. But uh, otherwise, I can't, I can't possibly prove that in my court. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it, I just didn't get it at all. It was really weird. <laughs> yeah. This film stumps me continually. Well, anyway, uh, Final thought. Fi- (laughs) How did you feel about Miracle on 34th Street, Jason?
1: (laughs) I think, I think that this film should be studied as it is you know as a, as a post-World War II outdated piece of cinema I can't recommend that people watch this if they want to watch it as as, as a classic or something like that then fine that's not a problem yeah. the only thing is is that I don't feel like you know the overall message is that Christmas is supposed to be joyful and I don't find that there's much joy in this movie
0: no you're right you're absolutely right
1: and so like I said I really think that perhaps there could be some interesting stuff to like well for example example when i was preparing for the show i read that uh there's a lot of law firms that show this movie uh, to show certain lawyers that there is you don't have to over question someone to get an answer sometimes it's just good to let the the person answer and you're like you let the 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 witness do the talking or the, the the defendant do the talking you don't necessarily need to coax them out of an answer they just let it be you know when he's talking to him and he says where are you headed home after this you know or where do you call home well it depends on how this case turned out and everybody laughs in court but then the prosecutor just kind of looks at them and says okay it's going to be this kind of trial. I'll just let you show how crazy you are and then I'll be off the hook. I don't have to do any real work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember reading also that uh, in terms of real estate a lot of people had studied Miracle on 34th Street to show like how the inner cities were kind of moving out towards the suburbs and whatnot. Now they don't discuss prices in in Miracle on 34th Street but it was kind of interesting (laughs) so you can see that some people are trying to pick up on certain things in terms of law and real estate and and most likely there's going to be a lot of stuff in terms of of of, of, psychotherapy that's going to be there because i mean psychotherapy in the 60s kind of went right down the shitter i don't know if there's been a comeback or anything like that i haven't bothered to read on that but i mean there are different things to pick uh, up on throughout the entire movie the only thing is it becomes a little bit weird to kind of want to watch this and say wow i really had a fun time yeah, exactly. This Christmas that movie. put
0: me in the Christmas mood, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's a very cheery thing. <laughs> I don't know. So what are your what are your final thoughts, Lee? I can't I can't recommend it. I don't I don't
0: particularly I didn't like this. Yeah, no, yeah I, I totally agree. I um I don't see how this is a Christmas film. As as you were saying, it was a summer film with a Christmas vibe, I guess, uh for the Christmas holiday marketing season. But this was a this is a weird, oddly sad film. I feel that the remake was was at least a little more focused on, like, the the nostalgia and the warmth of the season. There's a lot more caroling and music, and the parades are all bigger and more fun. There's a lot more fun in it, even if it is also depressing. There are still better Christmas films, but it's the wrong kind of naive. I didn't enjoy its weird thematic stuff. I guess, but you're right totally that does make for a good look at where the world was at that point, or at least where Hollywood was.
1: Or the, the states in general.
0: Uh, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it, it gives a good impression it, uh, as a historical artifact, but if, as, as you said, if anybody's going to cozy up by the, by the fire and still gonna sit down and watch Miracle on 34th Street. I do not see what you're, I mean, it's not even got, say how, what you want about It's a Wonderful Life being pressing film. At least it's right. about the human spirit, you know, at least it's about that inconquerable joy that you get from family. I mean, it's not, it is at least a positive movie by the end, even if it's a negative movie at the start. This is a, a shallow facade of positivity, with a dark, right. creepy, sinister, manipulative underbelly trying to get you to do something for the filmmaker, I'm not just Enjoy this admittedly shallow commercial holiday season.
1: <laughs> That's what it is, right? If you boil it down to this, you're like, okay, we need to bring Santa back so that everyone can start buying gifts again. Yeah. It's not like he's gonna build anything. We don't even get a shot of like elves or any. There's no Christmas magic. In no, not
0: at all. For <laughs> all the
1: realism, for all the truth that Doris is spouting to Susan. I mean, even in the end, what what do we get? Santa to get not your happy. house. <laughs> <laughs> Santa gets your house and he leaves a cane behind there's no real there's no magic of Christmas in it you know and I don't know if it's me being naive that that I should not expect that from my movies but that, that
0: Jesus, we- you know. I know I know I mean like that weird subtext that says put your faith in something big and you'll get a house out of it that blows my mind what could that possibly mean in a positive sense that people could use what could that like that's like saying pray and good things will happen maybe yeah. but, but do good things and good things will happen isn't that more realistic isn't that a better thing to teach people it just, it's just I think you're right
1: look at the underlying thing of out of this and it, it the big message of the movie is do it for your kids
0: yeah that's that's creepy and it's even
1: that's creepy <laughs> yeah it's creepy <laughs> you, know? get, you know, mom take it easy find a guy yeah, chill the, the fuck out chill, chill out get a man exactly. buy a house get
0: shop in Macy's (laughs) Exactly, you know? but do it for the kids. Yeah, I mean the war is you know, over, lady. <laughs> exactly. Whatever, whatever. You no you're, fighting left. Yeah, whatever your pent up feelings about scraping for fucking rations, it's gone. You don't have to worry about it anymore. You can keep your iron. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but that's it. I don't know. It was a it was very, very. It was a weird one. Yeah, it was a yeah. very weird one. I'm, I'm not planning on watching this again. No. <laughs> I, like I said, I'd seen it again first time 15 years ago. I knew. I now I know why I didn't revisit it, yeah. I, and I'm sorry. Sorry, I'm sorry I put you through it because it was my idea. I said, hey, we should check this <laughs> one out. I'm glad I've seen it Great. Re-
0: it's, such, it's such a weird one to have, a, like, I have a basis with the remake and yet to have never seen right, the original yeah. and to see the comparisons and to have always thought the remake was in itself a bit of a weird film and to see how much weirder it is, what it comes from, to be anywhere in the shape of a somewhat Christmassy film that I've seen so often, to, from that to come from this, is so weird and so yeah. puzzling and it it's, it's it's thrown the other film into a really dark area for me that I'll have to watch again. And it's all those fears about that being a creepy and depressing movie are just going to be made all the worse when I know where some of its sentiments are coming from. So not only have you, right. you fucked over this film for me, you've probably fucked over the other film that I actually enjoyed. <laughs> <So> I- <laughs> but,
1: but I mean, would you recommend... If you were to recommend one, you'd recommend the remake.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, even on a narrative standpoint, if you take away all the fear of crap that it might carry over. Um, right. It is still a better constructed film as far okay. as the characters are concerned. The, the transition from right. the mother coming less of a skeptic for her daughter is a little better handled. There's an actual arc about it. It's not so just, bam, you're fixed. <laughs> you know, and
1: It's right. I, it was almost immediate. Yeah, exactly.
0: She just decides. She believes. Version. And there's this sort of, it's more about believing in Christmas spirit than it is about believing in the American commercial spirit. That kind of takes... Right. It's there, but it takes a backseat, as far as I remember, to this sort of putting your faith in something... It's its a little more religious, I guess. More about human kindness and stuff like that, and all those kind of Jesus-y morals in the shape of Santa. And I mean, fine. I mean, they're not bad morals. They're a bit preachy. But it's a Christmas film, at least. And it's, as far as I remember, not so cynical. So yeah. I would say, if you're going to watch one of these bizarre Santa goes to court films make it the remake and if you want to see a film that is really of its time and really badly of its time I'd say do spend an hour and a half with this original version just just to see it for seeing its sake but if you're if you're going into it for an entertaining film or you're going into it to make the best of the Christmas season or if you've heard on some list like I read that this is the greatest Christmas film ever made it's all bullshit and don't buy it
1: <laughs> I can't think of a better way to sum up Miracle of 34th (laughs) I think it's actually a miracle that it's considered a classic still.
0: Yeah. You
1: know, but anyway... Anyway, so let's close off. Uh, if there was a Christmas movie that you would recommend for the holiday season for our wonderful audience out there that has sat through us destroying this poor movie.
0: <laughs> what would you say? You know, I mean, I, I love a lot of, of Christmas films. I like one one year over the other. It really depends on how that Christmas is shaping up for me, what mood I'm in for a Christmas movie. I would say this year I'm feeling R for Christmas. It's the, it's one of the more recent ones. It's an Aardman anime. Uh, James it's a McAvoy, really good movie. yeah, James McAvoy, Jim Broadbent, and Hugh Laurie are the main characters in it. I, it's it's not only well animated and conceptually fun, but it's story is good. Fucking hilarious! I do I love the story too, but it, it makes me laugh. I genuinely found it right. really funny. So I haven't seen it in about two years. I'm really looking forward to sitting down this Christmas and watching it again. I I I remember having such a great time with it. I hope it holds up. And if you've never seen it, listener, I would say. It's that kind of year. You need something uplifting and fun and poppy this Christmas. Give a give an Arthur Christmas a, a a go. What would you say, Jason? It's gonna sound odd because
1: I'm I'm not. This is, this is kind of a pick that most people are not expecting from me. But uh, the Christmas movie that I enjoy, not because it's just Christmas, but because of how it handles its themes, is is
0: Love Actually.
1: Oh, that's that's, that's I, a I pretty really, good one, actually. I really like that movie. I've yeah. always really enjoyed it. I like the fact that it's, in, uh, you know, shot in, in separate short films, kind mm-hmm. of. And I, I like all of the stories, you know, you get the, the ins and outs of specific characters and, and how they interact with each other and how they kind of, you know, not necessarily meet but you kind of understand where you're coming from. So, I mean, it's, it's overly optimistic in specific cases and it's a little bit bleak in others, but I mean, it does kind of have an uplifting message. You know, I thought that that was the one movie that I would consider to be a very fun Christmas movie that you can enjoy with the entire family, Uh, except for that one segment with, uh, with Martin Freeman, you know, so where he meets his his (laughs) girlfriend. I won't say it because my kids are around, but that, that was the kind of fun one. I'll, I'll, always remember why he warms up his hands i always thought it was beautiful Brilliant. i have the image playing it's a great great movie it is it and, is a really good one and on the complete other side i obviously have to vouch for die hard uh, which is of course. i know a lot of people say it, it's a christmas movie i don't think it's a christmas movie. it's a it's a movie that happens during christmas Yeah, exactly. so but i mean it is always a holiday season classic so if you're really looking for something arthur christmas definitely in terms of animation story and how funny it is I agree with you 100% but on my side I would, I'm would. i definitely going to be playing Love Actually during the mm-hmm. holidays and I am going to sit through Die Hard
0: again. <laughs> I, s- I sat through Die Hard very recently so I don't think I'm going to be doing that again but I hope right. we, we, I've already had this d- discussion with Maria and she's coming over to my my family house this, this Christmas and right. my mom's my going to sit her down and they're going to watch Love Actually because she never seen it and uh, Isn't Maria a bit of a cynic? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, that's the thing. She, um, I know she'll really like Love, actually, because there's there's a lot of funny she will. parts okay, in okay. it, and there's a lot of um, she was she's raised with this idea that Hugh Grant is a is a terrible not very funny actor and and we've been spending years deprogramming that. So I mean (laughs) it's gonna be (laughs) (laughs) so I think this is the next logical step and it is genuinely a Christmassy feeling film so that's that's a great recommendation. It's not one I would have automatically made or readily made for for the season but it is definitely it's a great choice.
1: (laughs) Awesome. So that closes it out for us this week ladies and gentlemen. So Lee where can they find you?
0: I am at bigpicturereviews.co.uk so we're going to be doing our um, our wrap up of the year very soon. At this point. Um what hopefully i'm planning to do is get a couple of um videos done where some of the of of the writers big picture reviews can can kind of say their favorite films of the year and i'm going to give at least a top 10 if not a top 20 and it's going to be really fun and uh really looking forward to it and that'll be sometime closer to the new year so look out for that you can also get me on twitter at big reviews where i shout at people and let them know that i uh like they're
1: worse.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what about that? that? Doesn't sound appealing.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to be doing a year roundup because uh, I'm just not that kind of guy. Sure. I'm going to probably try to review a couple of movies, get a, my finally finish my my, uh, my short essay on Foxcatcher during the holidays. Right. I also want to kind of get a little bit more ahead on my interstellar essays. So I'm looking forward to that. I don't have much grading left to do. So be sure to check out Film Faculty at, on WordPress. Um, you get a chance you know we have all of our episodes up there as well Uh, give us a like on soundcloud follow us subscribe on itunes leave us a little comment there as well and you can hit me up on twitter at film underscore faculty and i guess all we have left to say is ho 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 motherfuckers see you soon
0: (laughs) merry christmas (laughs) take care Bye. Bye bye
2: can serve no purpose anymore. Goodbye. Goodbye.